going to start off today in Acts 2, 42 through 47. So that's Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, and they, and it's talking about a whole bunch of Christians who have just come to, to faith in Jesus. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching in the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So I want to recap last week, uh, because last week we started this sermon series called Engage. And uh, as we go through Engage, what we are talking about is how you can engage with Restoration Road to be on mission with us, to fulfill the mission that God has called us to. And we said the, the mission of Restoration Road was simply this. It, the mission of Restoration Road is to see people restored by the gospel. Now, on one hand, that's beautifully simple, but it's also very complex. There's a lot that goes into that. And so how can we be engaged to be on that mission to see people restored by the gospel? And so in our first sermon uh, last week, it was Pastor Joey. He gave us the first way, which is to attend and invite people to a Sunday morning service. Right? So attending service, a church service regularly and inviting people to join us there. And so the reason we do that is to, we want you to be here to be encouraged, to be encouraged. We attend church to be encouraged. We are encouraged as we hear from the scriptures. We are encouraged as we come together to be reminded that it is Christ's body and blood is the whole reason that we are a church to start with. And so we take communion together. We're encouraged by that. We remember that we have been saved from our sins by Jesus. We encourage, we are encouraged by those around us, right? It's encouraging to be here, to see friendly faces, to know that there are people who care for us. But we don't just come to be encouraged, we also come to encourage others. Because there are others that we can hear who we can speak into their lives and they'll be encouraged by seeing us and we can speak the truth of the gospel into their lives. So, we attend church, and then we also invite people to be here on Sunday morning. Because restoration starts with coming to faith in Jesus. Restoration doesn't start by us getting our lives together first, and then coming to church. Restoration starts by coming to faith in Jesus, that He died on the cross for our sins, that He rose again, conquering death. That's where restoration begins because that restores us to God when we have faith in Jesus. And so we invite people, come to church, hear the gospel, be restored to God. So today we'll be talking about the second step. How do we engage in the mission of seeing people restored by the gospel? And the second step is to connect to a group. Become connected to a group here at Restoration Road. 
So we have our small groups. We call them RR groups, which is terribly difficult for someone who has trouble saying their R's to say, which I know that's not uncommon here. Everybody just R. That's not really a letter of the alphabet. We just skip right over it. Uh, so that was not the case where I grew up. I still couldn't say them, though. Uh, so if you hear me pause every time before I say RR group, thinking about how to say that R. Uh, but we, we have our, our, our groups here. That's our small group. And it's important. If you're really going to be engaged in the mission of Restoration Road, you need to be part of an RR group. And that's because to really see restoration, there's going to have to be more than just one meeting on a Sunday morning. Think about it. To restore someone's life, to really restore it, is going to take more and just one meeting a week, and just one interaction with God's people a week, or just one interaction with His Word a week. We need much more than that. Now, while it's true that you know restoration with God comes through faith in Jesus and that alone, and that happens instantly, that doesn't mean everything in our lives is instantly restored when that happens, right? Right? We've come to faith in Jesus, our sins are forgiven, we're restored to God. But to restore broken relationships takes time. To restore broken trust takes time. To restore our broken ways of thinking, our broken mindsets, that all takes time. And more than just time, it takes other people in our lives helping us along that path. Helping us along the road of restoration. Right? That takes not just one person or two people, it takes a group of people surrounding us and us being that group of people for others surrounding them in order for all that restoration to occur see the the purpose of the gospel wasn't just that you know it was just one momentary thing where all right it was a good feeling one sunday where i came to faith in jesus no it's a changed life a life lived out different than we used to live a life lived out different than the rest of the world lives And the group you most closely associate with in life will shape your life. It will shape the path you take. And so that's why it's so important to be involved in an RR group because that's where we are shaped by the gospel, where we are shaped by other Christians, where we see restoration in our lives played out. I had a friend um, who I went to a church with, and uh, he'd been actually going to our church for a few years, and I didn't really know his story that well. Uh, He'd been going to our church, I I think it was about four years at this point, and we were talking, he's like, you know, I I came to faith my freshman year in college. He said, but you wouldn't have known it necessarily at first. And the reason for that being was he was in a fraternity. And that was where his closest group was. Who he spent all his time with and lived his life with was his fraternity. So he would come on Sunday morning. He was there every Sunday morning. But then he lived at the frat house. So he would go home, and in the afternoon, he'd be watching football with his frat brothers. And then throughout the week, he would be surrounded by his frat brothers. And then on Friday and Saturday night, he was partying with his frat brothers, because that's who he was surrounded by. That was the group that he was most closely associated with. And he said, like, you know, if you had come to see me my freshman year of college on a Friday night, there's a good chance 
you would have seen me doing cocaine and getting drunk. He's like, and here I was, like a Christian, but my life isn't changing. Why not? And finally, a pastor at the church was meeting with him and set him down. He's like, you got to join one of our small groups. At our church, we called them covenant groups at the time. He's like, you got to join one of these covenant groups. And so that was what he did. And he started coming and he said, as I came to that group, I suddenly was surrounded by guys who were repenting of their sin, not reveling in their sin. I was surrounded by a bunch of guys who urged me to do the right thing, who urged me to stop partying, who urged me to love other people and respect other people. And he said it was because of that that I was able to, even though I was living in this frat house, not go to the party on Friday night. I could go somewhere else. I had somewhere else to go to. It was because of that that I stopped getting drunk, that I stopped doing cocaine, that I broke up with that girl that I needed to break up with. So I, I was able to change and walk in holiness because of the group I was around. And so that's why we have our, our groups, and that's why it's important that we're involved in one, because who we most closely associate with, whatever group it is, and we all, no matter how much of a loner or like independent we might like to say we are, the group we're most closely associated with is going to define our actions. It's going to determine how we walk through life. And so if for no other reason than that today, I hope that that encourages you to join an RR group. If we're going to fulfill this mission of seeing lives restored by the gospel, we've got to do it together. We can't be doing it on our own, isolated. We have to be together in a group doing it. And so please, join an RR group. And then the question might be, okay, what am I going to do at this RR group? What does an RR group look like? What can I expect when I come? And that's where the scripture I read this morning comes into this. Because it gives us a pattern for what our RR groups look like. So uh, I'm going to address 242 specifically again because in there we see sort of the four things that make up this pattern of every RR group meeting. You're going to come in and you're going to see not necessarily the same order we just read it in Scripture, but you're going to see all four of those things happen every afternoon, whether it's Sunday afternoon, Tuesday evening, Thursday evening, whatever group you join, you're going to see these four things in an RR group. And these four things are important. Now, there was nothing in that scripture that said, oh, you have to do these four things or you're in sin, right? It's not a, necessarily one of those. But it's, it, it shows us that there was this pattern there. And that the result of that pattern was that God was adding to their number day by day. As they were going through living life this way, God was adding to their number. And that's what we want to see here at Restoration Road. We want to see God adding to our number. Not so that we're a huge church, but so that we're a church filled with people whose lives have been restored by the gospel. That we see people saved and their lives restored through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the first uh, thing I'm actually going to go through, instead of going through the scripture order, I'm going to walk you through what a meeting looks like and how that aligns with the scripture and and what the whole point of of doing these things are. Uh, So, Uh, The first thing we do is we have a meal. We have a meal together. So we saw that here in the scripture. They're gathering in people's homes, right? And they're sharing a meal together. They're breaking bread together. It's really not a small thing to 
break bread together. To have a meal with someone makes a statement. To have a meal with someone says, I accept you. It says, I'm willing to be associated with you. Right? That's what makes the cafeteria such a scary place at school or at work. Right? You walk in and who you're going to eat with makes a statement. Like, and if somebody won't eat with you, that makes a statement. Right? That makes a scary statement. Like, okay. Like, the, the worst that ever happened to me, I was actually an adult. I, I, was, I just started a new job and I walk in, we're having this staff dinner. I walk in, there's a table. I knew one person that was there. I got there early because the new guy always gets there early, right? There's like three people out of 100 employees there. And there's these two people sitting. I know one of them, so I'm like, sweet, I know someone. I'm going to go sit down. So I go up to go sit down with them, and the person he's eating with turns to me and goes, you can't sit there. Those seats are taken for sixth grade. Like, ooh, for sixth grade, all right? What were they saying? They're saying, we're not associating with you at this meal. Like, this is sixth grade. You've got to be. So it's a big deal, right? It's a big deal to have a meal with someone. And so we have a meal together. Every group, we have a meal together. Because what we're saying is we are associating with each other. We love each other, right? Who do you eat with? You eat with your family. You eat with those you love. If we're going to love each other, we've got to show that we love each other. Jesus said that his disciples would be known by how they loved each other. And so we eat together to love each other, to show, you know, that's a big deal. To sit down in someone's house and eat with them is a big deal. And so that's where we start. We start with this meal. It does not hurt that we have a lot of good cooks at Restoration Road. Great food at these things, right? Yeah, you're getting a shout out. Absolutely. We have great cooks here, but more than that, it's great to have great food, but it's, it's better to have somebody to eat with. It's better to sit there and say, you know what? This person accepts me. I accept them. And we do this in our small groups every time we meet. It's an act of love to eat together. So while we're eating, what do we do? We talk. Right? We fellowship together. So this is the next part. Right? It said that they, they devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to what? Living life together. That's what fellowship really means. It means to partake of life together. And so we do that at each group. How many you know, meals have I had with Dennis there as he has his big plate of salad? Huge plate of salad every time. He eats healthier than I do. I mean, he's done like my third plate of Oreos at that point. But that's how I got to know Dennis. That's how I got to know Nathan and Marcy. That's how I've gotten to know so many people at church is because I sat there and I had a meal with them and I talked with them over that meal. And of course, what? You know, the first time you talk, what are you talking about? Where are you from? What do you do? Those kind of things, right? You get to know their background. But then as you go along, you get to know their joys in life. You get to know their struggles in life. The triumphs, the tragedies, all those things you get to know as you're talking over this meal with each other. You develop a relationship there. And that's so vitally important in the Christian walk to develop these relationships. And it's much easier to develop those relationships there than it is on Sunday morning. Why? Because on Sunday morning, what are we doing? We're in a hurry, right? We're here, we've got all these things to do that are important things, that are necessary things. But what do you get with a person on Sunday morning? I mean, two minutes is a long conversation on Sunday morning, right? 
And a lot of times, even if you've met that person already, you're going to rehash a, a conversation you already had. It's difficult to have those deep relationship-building conversations on a Sunday morning. Right? It's much easier to have those and better to have those on a regular basis, on a night where you're not hustled. You've got 45 minutes to an hour to eat a meal and talk together. And so that's why we do that. That's, it's necessary. We have to have these people in our lives. We have to have these relationships in our lives if we're going to see restoration happen in our lives and in the lives of everybody at this church. Because those are also conversations you're not going to have on a Sunday morning. Hey, I mean, think about that. You just meet someone on a Sunday morning. You really want to get into a deep conversation about your sins and your struggles in life? Hey, that's a good way to scare somebody off on a Sunday morning. Right? I mean, we're called to do those things. The Bible calls us to bear one another's burdens. The Bible calls us to confess our sins to each other. You going to do that on Sunday morning with someone you just met? I'm not going to. Right? You going to go to someone when you really need help with something? Are you going to just unload that on the first person you meet on Sunday morning? No. They're going to be like, what? what? What's going on? That's crazy. You're, you're a little weird. Right? I'll, I'll give you an example, all right? Uh, because I, I hit a point, right? We hit low points in our walks with Christ. We think we've done away with the sin and it rears its ugly head again and we're back down at the bottom, feeling low. Uh, one of mine is um, I, I was an angry child slash young adult and uh, I, I treated people poorly because of that. I'd have these outbursts of anger and I, I thought I'd come a long way in it, right? And then I had kids. And it wasn't my kids, it was somebody doing something to my kid. You want to get at someone's anger up, you do something to their kid, right? So Jacqueline had had this problem with a bully at school. And I witnessed this bullying happen at field day of all places, and it had been going on all year. And I went to correct it, and I, I did the first part of the correction well. I went to my daughter, I encouraged her, I, you know, I loved her. And then I got up and I turn and I walk away and I'm walking back towards my wife. And like in England, they call it the red mist. Like this, this cloud of anger just surrounds you. The red mist blinded my vision and I took a hard right turn and went straight up to the teacher because we'd been dealing with this all year. And in the middle of field day, I start berating this teacher and not quietly. I mean, the whole schoolyard could hear me do it. And I don't know how long it went on. Too long is the answer. But I, I mean, I said my piece for the whole year about this far from her like this where everybody else could hear it. And I'm not saying that situation didn't need to be addressed. It did, but it, it not like that. In no way did I show the gospel to that teacher. In no way was I loving that teacher as I did that. It was just pure anger coming out of me. Sarah made me pick Jacqueline up the rest of the school year because she refused to go see that teacher again. <clears throat> but man, after field day, I left. I was down. I was like, man, I, I really thought I was done with that. I, I thought I was over that. And yet here it is. I'm doing it again. And that, uh, that afternoon, I was meeting Joe Gore and Joey up here at MG Fitness to work out. And I walk in, and the shoulders are slumped. I'm kicking my, myself in the butt, you know, as I'm like, man, I'm here again. 
And I walk up before we even do one set on the bench press. I'm just confessing my sin to Joe Gore and to Joey. Like, this is what happened, guys. I need you now to help me. I need some encouragement. I need to hear the gospel right now. I need to be lifted up. Not that they condoned what I did, but they, I knew they would speak the truth into my life. That they would know, they would address my sin, but they would do it without judging me. And that I knew they'd still accept me at the end of that. And the reason I knew that Joe Gore and Joey would do that was because I'd spent a ton of time with them in a small group setting doing that already. Right? I'd spent a ton of time where I, I'd confess my sin, they'd confess their sins, we'd prayed for each other, we've lived life to each other, with each other. We know each other on a deep level where I can come do that with them because of small groups. They were called other things at the time. We're on like our fifth name, I think, at this point at Restoration Arrest. But it was through a small, group, a small group setting that I was able to develop relationships like that where I could go when I needed, when I was down, when I needed to be encouraged, when I needed to hear the gospel preached into my life. I knew who I could turn to because I'd been in a small group with those men. And I knew that they would understand. I knew they would be able to lift me back up and put me back on the path and say, it's okay, there's grace, there's forgiveness, you can repent, right? You can move on, you can grow from this. Now, imagine I just met somebody on a Sunday morning and did that, right? Hey, it was nice to meet you. My name's Dave. I berated my child's teacher in front of everybody at Field Day this week. I have anger problems, Right? <laughs> Again, the response to that is, all right, <laughs> slowly back away. Yeah, all right. That's why we have fellowship at RR groups, is to build those relationships so that we can see restoration in people's lives, so that we can see them overcome sin and sinful patterns, so we can see them change their mindset. Restoration happens in the midst of deep, honest relationships with people that we develop during fellowship at our RR groups. So then we move on from there and uh, we, we have our meal, we have our fellowship and then we move to uh, what corresponds with devote, devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, as it was put in 2.42. Uh, but in other words, where are the apostles teaching from? They're teaching from the Scriptures, right? That's where they're teaching from. They're, they're teaching from the Scriptures. They're teaching from what Jesus had taught them. And so the next thing we do is we're currently going through a book. It's called The Whole Story of the Bible in 16 Verses. And what that book does is it's helping us understand the Bible, even though there's you know, these 66 books in there, they're all one story. That they're all one big story that is pointing us to Jesus. And so we're going through these scriptures together, learning how that happens. Now, obviously we'll finish that book and move on to the next one. But why do we do this? Because God's Word changes lives. God's Word restores lives. When you hear it, and you really listen to it, and you think about it, and you let it sink into your, your heart, it's going to change the way you think. It's going to change that mindset. It's going to change that hard heart. 
It's going to change that bad attitude. God's Word does those things. It helps us realign from a worldly way of thinking to a godly way of thinking. It restores our minds to do that. And what better way to do that than together? Right? Because, hey, when you read through the Bible, it's going to bring up questions. It's going to bring up questions like, man, how does this impact me? Maybe it brings up questions like, what in the world is he saying here? I don't understand. Right? So when we all get together and discuss it, that's very helpful. It's helpful to do that in a group setting. I, I try telling my students this all the time, that you actually learn better. Things stick better with you when you learn it in a group setting. I tell my students, hey, we've got midterms coming up this week. And we have this column on our homework where it says, can you collaborate with someone else? And when it's a study night, I always put encouraged. I encourage them to collaborate on a study night. Because as you're working through stuff and you're talking it out and you're hearing it and you're thinking about it and responding back to someone else on this topic, it makes it stick better in your mind. You know it better. And so we get together, we discuss these scriptures, it helps us remember those scriptures. It helps us apply those scriptures. And not just momentarily, but it helps us, right, stick, it helps those lessons stick with us the next day and the next day and the next day. And man, there's going to be some crazy questions, right, man? We, so the liveliest, you know, I was going to say arguments, not really arguments, discussions we've had have been when the scripture really points to something in your life and it convicts you and you're like, oh, does that really mean that? And everyone around you is going, yeah, it does really mean that. Uh, I don't want to change, but I got to. And now I'm surrounded by people who are going to help me do it. So we go through scriptures together because it helps us know the scriptures better. It helps us apply the scriptures to our lives. And it helps us be restored by the scripture. You know, an important part is coming here on Sunday morning to hear the scripture and to hear it preached from, you know, hear it preached up here. But man, to hear it more than once is even better, right? And to hear, you know, we don't want to just hear Scripture one day. We want to hear it every day. But man, our, our, our groups, not only do we hear it, we get to really engage it and we get to discuss it and we get to apply it to our lives. And God's, God's Word will restore your life in so many ways. So that's a hugely important part that you will see every RR group. And then we end our RR groups with the time of prayer. They de- we saw the apostles in 242 devoting themselves to the prayers. We devote ourselves to prayer. And it's great to do it at the end because, well, you've had that meal, you've had that time of fellowship, you now know how to pray for each other. You know what has come up in someone's life where we can be praying. Right? We've seen God's Word. God, now God's Word can inform our prayers. And here's the great thing about praying. God answers prayers. We don't just get together and pray and it hits the ceiling and that's it. No, when we pray, it is heard by the God of the universe. And God answers prayer. And when His people get together and pray together, that's a powerful thing. That moves God. And so we pray together to conclude because ultimately, how are people's lives going to be changed? They're going to be changed because God changes them. Because the Holy Spirit is working in their lives. So when we get together to pray, we're praying that God will move. And He does. He moves and changes our lives. 
So that's what you can expect at an RR group. And I hope that you'll join us in one. And if you're interested in joining one, please see myself uh, afterwards. Or again, as I mentioned earlier in the announcements, you can stop by at the table back there. Uh, Roger will be back there. There's a card that says Engage. Uh, and at the bottom of the Engage card, there's a box you can check to join an RR group. And we'll figure out which one would work best for you, whether it's based on time or location or uh, day, whatever, that, you know, who you know already. We'll get you connected with one. But we mentioned last week that, uh, and we've been mentioning, we're, we're praying for 100, right? And uh, the first thing, we're, we're praying for 100 people to be attending here on Sunday mornings, but we're praying for 100 men, women, and children to be involved in an RR group. Because I want you to think about what we just talked about. That we would have 100 people in our church who, because they're in an RR group, know they have someone who has their back. Know they have someone who will help bear the burdens in life. Know they have someone or multiple people they can call to be there for them when they need them most. Imagine that, a hundred people who could do that. Say, I know this person and that person, and I know they love me, and I know they're there for me, and I know that they will help build me up when I need it. Imagine having a hundred people who are regularly engaged together in God's Scriptures, in the Word of God. Imagine that. What would that be like to have a hundred people who were constantly being in God's Word, being shaped by God's Word, being changed and restored by God's Word through an RR group? Imagine having a hundred people praying for each other. A hundred people praying for each other. Isn't that exciting? Having a hundred people who God is listening to as they lift up their prayers for each other to see lives change, to see people restored through the gospel. Wouldn't that be a powerful thing if we had a hundred people who were doing that on a regular basis for each other? It would be amazing to have that. And we want a hundred people at our, our groups engaged with each other so that we can see that mission fulfilled. The mission of people being restored by the gospel. A hundred people, imagine that, all on mission to do that. How many, li- how many more lives than just that 100 would be changed by that? It would be an amazing thing. So please, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm encouraging you, join us in an RR group. Join us so that we can engage together to see people restored by the gospel. It doesn't matter where you are in your walk with Christ. The RR group is the place to be, right? If you're new and you don't know much about Scripture, you don't know much about God, you're still learning. Come to an RR group. Learn more. If you're looking to know people better or you have a hard time getting to know people, come to an RR group. You're going to be stuck with them for an hour a few times a month. You're going to get to know them. It's going to happen. Right? So if you're feeling like disengaged and like, man, I see these people, but I don't know them, come to an RR group. Get to know them. I especially encourage you, if you're someone who's just feeling weighed down by life, like, man, I'm, I'm beat up, I'm worn out, I'm tired, I, I could use some help, Come to an RR group. 
Let us help you bear those burdens. Be there. We'll gladly do it because we've all had people in our groups bear our burdens and help us and lift us up. Come, be there. Be part of an RR group. Be part of an RR group so that we can all be on this mission together, fully engaged to see people restored by the gospel. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that uh, for everyone in this room, I pray, first of all, Lord, I'm just praying for, I think of people who are feeling isolated, Lord, who feel alone. God, would they know that they are welcomed by you because of your son Jesus, that they are welcomed here, Lord, and that they are, we, we want them here, you want them here. God, I, I pray that, um, Lord, we would, as we are in these groups together, I pray for more people to join. We pray for 100 people to join an RR group this year. God, we pray that in those groups, that your work would be done, that the, the, we would encourage each other, love each other, build one another up, bear each other's burdens, Lord, so that we could be on this mission. Lord, help us to fulfill this mission you've called us to. Give, would your spirit be with us to encourage us to do that, to invite people to church, invite people to our, our, our groups. God, here the gospel is a, a beautiful thing. Would we treasure it above all other things, Lord? Would, we, would that drive us to be on this mission together? Lord, would your spirit do that work in the lives of, our, of the people in our church? God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.